Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those two, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, women. Welcome to She Talks, a space for you to come home to the wisdom and divinity within you, your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, an author, spiritual teacher, and founder of the nonprofit Redemption Circle. This summer, I'm sharing a new series on the podcast called I Had an Abortion. Inspired by the isolation and suffering I experienced after my own abortion last year, This series aims to help alleviate the separation and silence that millions of women around the world experience after their abortions. This is a safe and sacred space for us to come together and have a healing, educational, and inspiring conversation around the most taboo topic on the planet, out in the light of day. I Had an Abortion is also a series to help raise funds for the nonprofit I founded called Redemption Circle to change the way we view and treat women who have had abortions. Redemption Circle is a 501c3 and global movement to heal the stigma of abortion and create a support network that spans the world and empowers women to heal physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually after their abortions. Every dollar we receive goes towards building this vision, 
and you can donate for as little as the cost of a cup of coffee each month, just $5. Plus, it literally takes less than two minutes to donate. To do that, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash redemption circle. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash redemption circle. On that page, you can learn more about this vision and you'll also see ways that you can get involved if you want to volunteer your time or your skills or if you feel inspired to lead redemption circles in your home community, wherever you happen to be in the world. And if you've had an abortion, whether it was a month ago or 40 years ago, and you still feel some dis-ease around it, or even if you feel tremendous relief around it, and you want to join a community for the first online gathering that I'll be leading to help women to return to wholeness after their abortions, this will start in September. And as always, I'd love to have you. So to learn more about that or to sign up, to be notified when it opens, depending upon when you, when you hear this, it may already be open, go to thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash redemption, thewayofthehappywoman.com forward slash redemption. Thank you for your support. As an African proverb says, when we pray, we need to move our feet. So by donating, this is how we can move our feet. And the only way we can move the needle on this topic and to really see more change in our lifetimes and supporting women after abortions is by joining together to do this. Ideas that we share grow stronger. All right, now for today's I Had an Abortion conversation. Hello, women, and today we're doing something a little bit different on the podcast, and instead of me playing host, I invited one of my good friends, Emma Title, over today to play the host, and maybe some of you remember her from the inaugural podcast episode when this podcast first came into being in October 2015, which we were both saying it feels like that was just eons ago. (laughs) So welcome, Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, and Emma is a psychotherapist and a coach for women with a real passion, especially around women and confidence. And her website is emmatitle.com, E-M-M-A-T-E-I-T-E-L.com. So Emma is 36 weeks pregnant today. (laughs) So this is a major (laughs) undertaking even for her just to come over here and (laughs) and be with us. So Emma, we always start our gatherings with a little bit of a personal check-in. And can you share with us how, how you're doing today at the level of body, heart, and mind? Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Happy to be here. Happy I was able to get here. <laughs> um, so on the level of body, I am 
you know, I'm pretty uncomfortable at this point. I woke up with a lot of hip and pelvic pain, and I just feel this deep core heaviness. Um, it's hard to walk. I'm out of breath when I walk upstairs, and it's all what I want. So I'm sort of working with just embracing the physical discomforts and knowing that they're temporary. And um, my heart actually feels some levity and joy today. It doesn't always, but I'm experiencing some lightness. So I'm appreciating that. And similarly in my mind, um, my mind has been doing a lot of very interesting things um, throughout the pregnancy. So my mind feels in this moment, and I really just take it moment by moment right now, of it feels oriented toward goodness. Mm. And I'm thankful for that. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm excited to get to interview you today because I know there's a lot going on. And um, before we jump into all that, I'll just check in with you and, and ask you how you're doing on the levels of body, heart, and mind today so we can kind of orient the listeners. Mm. I am... Yeah, there's a lot going on in my life. There has been since, I think, since we did our last podcast almost three years ago. So, yeah, I'm tired. I've been tired for a long time, even though I'm sleeping a lot. And I'm also doing a cleanse right now. So I'm like halfway through just a very gentle cleanse to give extra support to my body. And my mind is... There's a lot of logistics that I'm needing to track and manage right now. So I'm just trying to have pockets of time where I shut off my analytical mind. So before you came, I did a long meditation, was just able to get more into my heart and kind of drop all the planning pieces and the trying to figure things out. And my heart is, my heart is hopeful. Yeah, like I feel... I'm really stepping into the unknown and I feel like I'm moving closer to my future, you know, than, you know, than I have been, that I've been more in my past and I'm moving closer to my future and that, that brings me hope. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I like hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, well, as you mentioned you know, a lot has happened in the last three years since we last sat together. Obviously, we've seen each other and sat together in many other contexts um, in the last three years, but in this kind of more formal interview way. And um, I'm curious what you want to presence about what you've been through in the last three years, because it's been so much, I know, as your friend. Um, and kind of what feel like the important pieces to name as we talk about your work more in depth today, maybe broad brushstrokes. Obviously we can't do the full experience yeah. justice, but just what feels important to presence at the beginning here of our conversation. Well, I know the last time that we did an interview like this, I was bringing my second book into the world, the book of she, mm -hmm. and I just had a very different vision for my future at that time. And I really thought I was reaching like a culmination point in my life. Like the book was going to come out. I was going to really be able to bring it into the world and then have some downtime because writing that book was, was a challenge. Um, 
And right when I brought it out, I discovered a massive betrayal with the man that I was engaged with. And rather than being able to bring the book out into the world and to celebrate it and to rest, I was just thrust into the most, one of the most challenging experiences of my life. And I really feel that since that time, I haven't fully um, reemerged. I haven't, I've been trying to stay connected to the outside world and to the community who listens to this podcast and reads my blog and reads my books. Uh, but I haven't fully been, I haven't been able to fully give my attention and energy to others in the way that, that I'm used to doing. It's really, I've been going in towards myself. And then why I'm sharing this particular interview is because last week I shared the story about my abortion, which is really like the biggest thing. And I think we'll, you know, who knows what the rest of my life will bring, but I think that will always be the biggest thing. And I don't even know, I don't even know who, who I'm becoming anymore. You know, I have a vision of my future self. I know I'm not my past self anymore. And yeah, those, those major two back-to-back life crises within like 14 months of each other just have done a real number on me on a number of levels, on my health, on my, um, on my self-identity and have also afforded me a huge opportunity to do a lot of healing. And I know one day, starting in little steps now, you know, with sharing the story and doing this podcast, that I have a lot more to to share with other people and definitely a lot more empathy for people who are suffering, who are in agony mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I, you know, I had suffered before in my life, but I just, I didn't, Never to this extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful as always to Sarah for just being real. I think that's, you know, one of the greatest gifts that you bring. And I know is such a, a huge gift in this community and um, in your leadership and how you take a stand in the world. So I, of course, am saddened by the amount of suffering that you've endured And I so appreciate how you keep getting back up and orienting and um, viewing these crises as an opportunity. So thank you for sharing all of that. Thanks. Um, So I'm curious what, you know, it was such a big deal last week for you to share your story about your abortion publicly and what inspired you to share it now? Well, I, it was actually last summer that I had the idea. I had the idea. I want to do an online course called Redemption, uh, which I am doing. It's registration is opening um, very soon. And I just had the idea I was going to do that course. But then I started doing these landmark worldwide intensives. I did the landmark forum, then the landmark advanced course, and then the landmark self-expression and leadership program. And it was in the advanced course, which focuses on how can we make a bigger impact in the world to contribute beyond the level of individual to individual, individual to group, to individual to world. There's a lawnmower outside right now. (laughs) 
to individual to world. And so it was during that intensive that I got the bigger vision that I wanted to tell my story, do this online course, but also to create a nonprofit to set up a global post-abortion support network. And I vowed that I'd give myself a year to heal because I needed privacy to heal. And then I would, then I would bring it forth. And so my plan was always to bring it forth after about a year, but I had actually a friend intervene a couple months ago when I was going to share it, saying that she was concerned that it might be, it just might be too much for me to share it. It might jeopardize my, my safety and my privacy. And I think she was speaking to some of my own inner parts that had, that needed more time to really be heard and to be, and to be considered. So I took two months and then I just realized this is my divine assignment and this is this is what God wants me to do and this is really the only thing for me to do at this point in my life like anything else is just not where my heart is and it's just going to be like kind of spinning my wheels so it was it wasn't so much that I I mean I I did want to share it but it was this feeling of like I had to mm-hmm. yeah and then when I saw the news about, as I was doing this whole consideration, then it seemed out of the blue, although I guess it wasn't out of the blue, <laughs> that this re- reshuffling of the Supreme Court and that Roe v. Wade could be in jeopardy, which I don't think any of us American women could have ever fathomed that that would we would come to this time where our reproductive rights were again in question. Then I just realized, well, yeah. <laughs> This is this is the time to share this. It's I can't stay silent about it. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's really disturbing and I think you know there's a piece around time frame like it, I know you and I it's like we grew up in this generation where so much was intact for us including you know a woman's right to choose and access to safe abortion even though many women in this country still don't have that but um just to realize actually how relatively recent in history that is and how easily it could be taken away is um i have chills it's really intense yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. yeah and if we're if we're staying silent about the topic you know not even the word abortion itself is so heavy like when I first realized I wanted to take this on Mm -hmm. I had to deal with the feelings I had in my own body of just saying the word abortion or associating myself with the word abortion yeah now I don't feel that anymore it's just this um yeah we we have to start talking about this yeah yeah and I think people sharing their stories, um, particularly, you know, how you shared your story, Sarah, it's like, we have certain concepts of who has abortions or what abortion means or the context in which people have abortions. And it's so important that women from all walks of life with very varied and diverse ranges of why they make that decision are telling that story because there's no one reason why a woman has an abortion. There are as many reasons as abortions so um yeah it's it's really it is a taboo topic it is a heavy topic and it's so important that we're talking about it yeah and it's these decisions which I hope my story demonstrated they're not black and white yeah 
and legislation about abortion wants to make it black and white. Yeah. And the books that I've read about abortion, the articles that I've read about abortion this past year of my healing, you know, even women who are pro-life, when they find themselves in situations with an unwanted pregnancy or a pregnancy that they know they cannot, you know, give this child a good life, they they want to have an abortion. And a lot of women who are pro-choice, they always, they never think will have to be their choice. That was my case. I yeah. never thought it would have to be my choice. Mm -hmm. But then it, it did have to be my choice. Yeah. So we just, we just never know where life is going to take us. And um, yeah, abortion really helps us to have sovereignty over our bodies and over our destinies. Absolutely. And yeah. And again, the kinds of circumstances that we're willing to bring a child into the world, into the world with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it, it is, you know, I'm thinking back to my, um, women's studies days in my undergraduate studies and, and I've been, I've worked in women's health my whole career and it really, the, the right for women to be able to control to, you know, we're not in control of our lives, but to make decisions about when, where, how, if, under what circumstances they become the caretakers of children is like one of the the biggest predictors of whether or not women feel empowered. Right. And you see it all across the globe in different cultures. And it's so huge to be able to have sovereignty over our reproductive lives. And abortion is a huge component of that. Yeah, I need to do some more research into this area, but some women that I have spoken to and some things that I just intuit from my own like soul's history over many lifetimes is that originally abortion was performed by medicine women mm -hmm. with herbs. And obviously it's a very, it's like a life and death science and an art. Like you, you need to give the herbs that also won't kill the woman. Mm -hmm. But apparently there was also, there was a particular kind of plant that was in the fennel family that was particularly effective at this. Mm -hmm. And then during the time when witches were burned and women's wisdom was literally erased from the planet, that plant was made extinct from wow. the planet as well. Mm -hmm. So originally abortion was something that was in women's hands and so if a woman had an unwanted pregnancy, like she could go to another woman. She didn't have to go to her doctors or you know, deal with the law. And when the patriarchy really took over, it erased this wisdom from ourselves and from our women's culture. Mm -hmm. Because if a woman doesn't have control over her fertility, she has no control. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I never heard that. That's amazing. So ultimately, you know, I think at its root, abortion isn't about pro-life and pro-choice. That was just something added on about religion, that it's a sin. Yeah. But it's really about pro-woman or anti-woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I've often thought about the term pro-life because it's focused on the fetus. But what about the woman's life? Yeah. What about all of the lives that that woman is connected to and participating with? So I feel like really it's about pro-woman and it's all about pro-life and death is a part of life exactly so 
Yeah, no, we have a very limited view of life. Mm-hmm. But what I tried to also spell out in my story was that, you know, these intertwined souls, you know, life, life isn't just when we're in these bodies, mm-hmm. you know, like there is life beyond death. Yeah. And like you said, death is a part of the cycle of life. And that was something that that family lawyer that I met with also pointed out. He's like, this is, this is what pro-life is. Mm-hmm. Like you choosing a good life for yourself and for your son. Yeah. And honoring that this is this is part of the cycles of life. Yeah. As I listen to you, Sarah, and I sit with you, it seems like there's quite a, a strength in you and a resolve and a health, you know, like a vibrancy to where you've come to in yourself around all this, even though it was an excruciating decision and choice point for you. Does that feel accurate? It does. Yeah, I feel like I really got to know my capacity through these past couple years, especially the past year. And what really, you know, what it really came down to in the end was my relationship with God, Mm -hmm. just my connection to source, which my son is, you know. Mm -hmm. And in that, I find that's where I source my strength every day. So it's, what I'm hearing is it's really been a deep spiritual journey for you. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there more you want to share with listeners about that? And it's okay if not, but (laughs) I'm sure there's so much to it. I am so grateful that I had a really strong foundation in my spiritual practice and a really uh, strong relationship with myself going into this, that I think without those things... I mean, I don't know, I don't know how I would have fared, but that it is a tremendous opportunity for one to deepen her practice. And that is what I hope through these redemption circles that I'm wanting to create and have other women lead around the world as well, that that's bringing in that spiritual dimension. Cause we have, we have, there's support networks that can address the psychological components, but and the emotional components, but not so much the spiritual. And if we don't heal at the spiritual level, then we don't really address the other levels either. Absolutely. And do you, do you want to say more about the specifics? I know you had it in your article, but do you want to say more about Redemption Circle and how it's set up to help women and to support them on these various levels that you're naming? Yeah, Redemption Circle, it's a nonprofit and it's a global movement to help heal the stigma of abortion so that you and I can have conversations like this on a podcast and talk about abortion and that other women can feel safe coming forth, sharing their stories as well. And that it's a global post-abortion support network, just like women have 12-step programs for addiction, um, for uh, after divorce, with cancer or an illness, we there are no widely available, visible support networks for women after an abortion. So these are meant to be safe, sacred spaces where women can gather and receive the tools to heal physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. And I'm creating the prototype curriculum for this through an online course called Redemption. And then Hopefully other women from around the world will step forth and say, 
I want to now lead this in my redemption circles in my community because I know this is this isn't just an American thing. This is a global thing mm -hmm. of all all ethnicities, all income brackets, all ages. Yeah, Beautiful. within childbearing years mm -hmm. and beyond. You know, if if you had an abortion when you were twenty and now you're sixty five, you can still come. It's 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 for healing. You know how whether your abortion was last week or, or 40 years ago. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm really touched by this vision and, um, it's so important. It just feels like a massive need and, and really addressing all the different dimensions. There's the, like you're saying, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, it's just, it's something that women need spaces to be able to process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something that I also realized because now I have a hypersensitivity to this issue is even on podcasts and books and places where women are talking about postnatal care mm -hmm. that not once have I heard post-abortion care mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that's so isolating. And it, I understand because it's it can feel, um, you know, if you're the person who's putting out that information, you haven't had that experience like t abortion is so in the shadows that we don't even think to include it. Yeah. And I have a number of um, friends who have also had miscarriages and they've reported similar things. Yeah. It's like if, if you have a live child at the end of a fertility process, there's, there are a lot of resources and we could still even use more resources, yeah. but people who have had a stillborn or a miscarriage at any point in their pregnancy or an abortion, it's almost like we don't know what to do. Exactly. We, you know, there's taboo, people are afraid. It's, it's unclear what's needed. Um, and also again, it's a death aspect instead of, oh, a human being breathing baby life aspect. And I think people get scared and they don't know how to show up for that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely experienced that. And I also think, you know, just like the first 40 days are really advocated for women to take care of themselves and of other people take care of them after birthing a child. Yeah. I wish that I had had a first 40 days after my abortion. Mm. Like, I think that would have just helped me to heal physically first and foremost, but also at the other levels so much better. But I had to get right back to work and within a few days. Yeah. And since only like a handful of people knew, I didn't have that much support to be able to go for 40 days, you know? Totally. So there's a long way for us to go with this. A very long way. Yeah. And for those of you who've read my I Had an Abortion story that I published last week, uh, if you didn't, you can find it on my website, thewaythehappywoman.com, and there'll be a link to it also at the, you know, in the description for this, this interview. But you, you will have learned through reading that that I had an abortion doula, whom I called Cleo in the story. I changed all the names in the story. And Cleo is really Emma. Emma was my abortion doula. And Emma, I know what the experience was like for me, which I can speak to in a moment, but what was it like for you to be my abortion doula and what inspired you to offer that? I like the name Cleo. <laughs> that can be my alter ego. Yeah, totally. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm honored to speak to this question. So uh, early on in my career, pretty much like my first professional job once I was no longer a student was working at a place here in Boulder called um, Boulder Valley Women's Health Center. And I'm a huge supporter and think they're an amazing organization and they provide all sorts of comprehensive reproductive health care, everything from for, uh, for teenagers up through menopause and beyond. And um, I was a medical assistant there. And so my job was often being the support person for women who were having IUDs put in or taken out, women who had um, cancer on their uh, cervix that ne they needed to have minor surgeries to deal with, uh, people making decisions around birth control, and women who wanted abortions. Um, and so when I was in that context, I was also training to be a birth doula and working as a birth doula. So I was getting to witness these incredible birth experiences. And then as I was progressing in my work, I started being a space holder for the women who were having abortions. And I remember in my training um, that when, when I was learning how to show up in that space, that one of the women training me said to me, you know, abortion is really like birth. It's a very similar energy. Mm. It feels like an altered time-space continuum. It's liminal. You're kind of neither here nor there. You're in between worlds. Yeah. And the only difference is, is that in one situation, again, like a human baby comes out, and in another situation, um, something gets taken away, but also something gets gained, because it's like we're talking about, like the woman is regaining her own sovereignty around a choice. It's like yeah. that potential that was is, is getting taken away. Yeah. So it's a very... It's a journey-like space. It's a transformational space, um, and it's a powerful space. And I, so yeah, so that's a little bit of context. Um, and so when I knew what you were going through and everything that you were up against in terms of making this decision for yourself and how not black and white and nuanced and multifaceted it was, and then when you finally decided to have the abortion. I just wanted to offer that to you because I don't think any woman should have to be alone yeah. going through that process. And and the thing is, you're not alone because there's all these medical staff in the room and they're amazing. And people who work in that space, I have so much respect for them, but they're not trained to attune to the spiritual or emotional or even energetic dimensions of what a woman's going through. Yeah, um, And that's no fault of theirs. It's just... You know, like you're saying, something got lost a long time ago. It's now it's a very medicalized procedure, and a lot of the medical practitioners they're they're political activists and they're totally behind what they're doing and a woman's right to choose, but they may not be trained in the social, emotional, spiritual space. Um, so so that's why I wanted to offer that to you, and I'm so glad I did, and it was a huge honor to be there, and. Um, you know, what it was like for me was like, I just felt like I was holding protection space around you and um, around the fetus and the soul and, and, and like, and even, and also just holding space and protection for the larger collective of females who make these decisions every single day. And like, 
I am, I take a stand for that. I am an advocate for that, that women should not be alone. They should not have to do this in secrecy and it shouldn't only be a medical, you know, you're in, you're out and you're done. Yeah. It's a deep spiritual, soulful, psychological experience. Um, and, and I just, I feel like that's what I care about in the world. I care about a lot of things, but that's, yeah, that, that's what it was, you know, like for me. And also Sarah, to get to witness you show up in such a big way for yourself, um, to make such a brave and courageous decision and to be able to stand at your side and your back and to just be like, you know, this isn't my journey. I can't do anything on one way or another, but I can sit here and show up for you and hold space for your journey. Mm. Mm, I'm really moved by that. Yeah. Cause we never really got to talk about it at the time because there was so much happening yeah. so quickly. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know that that was something that I could ask for. And one, because I'm so used to doing everything myself, yeah. very self-sufficient sometimes to a fault and two, just because it was such an, an unknown territory to me, but I had also trained as a birth doula. And so it just made a lot of sense like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I need someone in there with me. Mm-hmm. And also because I was under medication, it was really important to me that there was someone holding a protective space so I could make sure that my son's passage, at least in those moments um, that it was being held, you know, when, when I couldn't, I didn't have the capacity to, to hold it in those moments and just to, yeah. um, it's the women, the doctors and the nurses who did it. I mean, they were amazing and the whole thing was very fast, Yeah, uh, but it really helped to have you just by my side. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then to have snacks afterwards. <laughs> yes, snacks are very important. Yeah. Yeah, and I I was going to say something similar that it's like the actual abortion procedure is so brief. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah. That. It's so brief. And yet, so it's like this demarcation in a woman's life. It's like everything that it, just for you, you know, yeah. and everyone has their own story, but it's like, Everything it took for you to arrive to that moment and then everything it takes after to integrate and to heal and to reckon with that moment. And then the actual occurrence is it's like, you know, maybe an hour of your life from start to finish with check in and check out. It's so brief and the procedure is so brief, but it deserves witnessing Mm -hmm. and it deserves, I just think, a lot of honoring. Yeah. Yeah, and I also wanted to share for the listeners that and one of my, reg- I don't know if it's a regret. I don't think it's a regret because I, I considered it at the time that I know that sometimes when women have a DNC because they're having a miscarriage or an elective or like a therapeutic abortion, mm-hmm. if they find that out that there's ab- um, chromosomal abnormalities, yes, they'll have the, the fetus cremated and they'll have the ashes. Mm-hmm. And I considered that at the time. And one, I was so overwhelmed that it was like another step of trying to figure out how to do that. But two, I just didn't know if my heart could handle that. Yeah. So what I did instead was I had a fire ritual 
with Emma and several other women about two months after the abortion. Mm -hmm. And now I have the ashes from that ritual, which I hold as my son's ashes instead of, instead of the cremation ashes. But that was just another way of also being witnessed and being supported and holding space for like the spiritual dimensions of, of the process. Yeah. And I love that you're sharing that because I think again, with how taboo abortion can feel and how it gets, it's like, oh my God, I just want it over and done with. Um, there can be a way where things get pushed under the rug or are not honored in the same way. Um, and so I love that you did that for yourself. And I want to encourage anybody who's listening to figure out what they need to appropriately honor in a way that feels right for you, the choice yeah. and the loss and what's gained. You know, I think that that's one of the biggest things. And you and I did talk about this a little while ago is, is how every, you know, People are somewhat, somewhat okay talking about how hard an abortion is, but they get really uncomfortable when women start talking about how much relief there can be yeah, um, or actual like joy or a feeling of coming back to oneself or like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I did not follow through on that pregnancy. And so it's almost like the the light that goes into the shadow is like women aren't allowed to say like, I'm, I freaking loved my abortion right. and I'm so glad I did that. And even though it was hard, like I do not regret it for a second. That was the right choice for me. Yeah. So I want to create space for that too. Totally. I'm glad that you're naming that. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely, the first, I mean, the first things that I felt was relief. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been a lot more cut and dry for me if you know, I had this deep longing to be a mother. And so there's just, there's a lot of fear. Um, but yes, there's a lot of relief and there's freedom. Like, oh, I have my life back. Yes. I can move wherever I want to move. Yeah. <laughs> I can create whatever I want to create. Like, I'm still on, I'm still in integrity with, like, my soul's path. I didn't get derailed. And I know that, you know, a lot of other women feel that way, too. Yeah. And I love that you're giving voice to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the relief doesn't negate the grief. Both get to be here. Yeah. And I think that can be really hard for people to wrap their minds around, like the paradoxical nature of it. Right. Just like in anything. Right. You can be as grief stricken as all get out and as relieved as ever. Yeah. And unburdened. Yeah. Thank you for naming that. Is, um, I'm curious, Sarah, we've covered a lot today. Is there anything else that you want to make sure you say or share in this different version of, you know, it's one thing to have the written word, but I feel like your voice is so powerful. Is there anything else you want to claim for yourself or to share with the listeners and the women in this community mm. around this? Yeah, the past week, it's been now exactly a week since I published that and First, I want to say thank you to everyone. I didn't know how I would be received. And I'm sure there's people out there who have negative opinions about it. And that's to be understood. And that's fine. But the only feedback that I've gotten has been really supportive and really positive. And I am really grateful for this larger community for receiving this and being ready to have this conversation. We are ready to have this conversation. And 
Also to name an even deeper level of relief that I have felt this past week that I didn't anticipate. And that is people from all walks of life have contacted me, like a friend that I met on the playground in kindergarten, Mm -hmm. like my first love, all these people just saying, I had no idea that that was going on. And how can I support you? And I'm just having phone conversations with these people. And I feel so much more connected to life again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize how much I needed that. And it makes sense because that's the whole point of Redemption Circle. (laughs) That's the whole point is so that we can feel unburdened from our secrets because we cannot feel free if we have secrets. We cannot, we cannot feel free if we're not being fully ourselves. We cannot heal if we're not being fully ourselves. So this community uh, receiving my story just has been a really deep uh, next level for my own healing. And I also know that the next level still is for me to be able to share in more intimate circles, like the Redemption Circle online course, uh, more about what I learned and to help other women on their journeys. And thank you for sharing that. And I'm so glad it's been such a positive experience of connection. I mean, that's that's ultimately what we need as humans, connection. Um, and I'm wondering if if people want more information about Redemption Circle, how can, you know, whether they had an abortion yesterday or 30 years ago, um, how can people get involved and how can we support you with this movement? Well, one thing is I have a Patreon page, which is like a crowd sourcing, crowd fundraising site for Redemption Circle. And there you can donate as little as $5 a month. So like a cup of coffee a month to help you know, give the funds to f- build out this vision. And that's patreon.com forward slash redemption circle. And there you can read all about it. And then if you are interested in being notified when registration opens for the prototype for these redemption circles around the world, the online course, you can go to the way of the happy woman.com forward slash redemption. And the link to that is also on the Patreon page. So patreon.com forward slash redemption circle, and then the way of the happy woman.com forward slash redemption. And I'll put those links in the description on the bottom of the podcast as well. Great. And share your story. Yeah. Share it anyway. You're welcome to use the hashtag. I had an abortion or not. I just, I think the more women that can hear about, each other's experiences, the more that the the more quickly we're going to heal and actually band together in case we really need to, in case our rights are further um, in jeopardy. Because when we are silent and when we are separate from one another, we have no strength. So we need to, we need to use our voices and we need to unite so that we can be as strong as we can as every woman across the world. Beautiful, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking leadership and sharing your story uh, at this time and for once again, just being an impeccable stand for women and taking, you know, being a role model for not hiding and speaking up and standing up and um, using your personal 
journey and experiences of suffering and hardship to uplift females everywhere. It's an inspiration and I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Emma. Thank you for taking the time and blessings on the birth of your little one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Bye everyone. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for today's I Had an Abortion conversation. This is definitely the era of we, not the era of me. So I invite you to gather with me as a sisterhood in this global movement to heal the stigma of abortion and raise awareness and funds to create a visible, integrated, accessible post-abortion support network that spans the world just like women can go to 12-step programs and to get support after divorce or when they have cancer we need these kinds of support groups for women after abortions that address all dimensions of our being physical emotional mental and spiritual to contribute to help create this vision please go to patreon.com forward slash redemption circle every dollar helps to create this new reality for women who've had abortions to reclaim their voices to heal through connection and to once again feel valued and supported by their communities so patreon.com forward slash redemption circle that's where you can learn more and donate thank you for your support god bless you and i'll see you next time